You're listening to the Oiled Up Podcast, and I'm your host, Armando Caba. This is episode quattro, and originally I was going to have a guest, but there were technical difficulties. I'm still trying to figure out how, you know, all this stuff works, so it's very DIY. So here you are with me instead, just me on my own with another little rant and raving about art, about art making and what it means to make art. When you're feeling blue, when you're feeling down, you know, um, I wanted to really do this episode for a while and kind of go in detail regarding what it means to actually paint when you have depression, when you have anxiety, and all that noise. And I think that's best represented with my self-portraits. Many of you probably know me for the erotic paintings that I do, but I did start with a big series, which was my self-portrait series, and some of you are probably thinking, like, well, what the fuck is that? Well, it's exactly what you think it is. It's over a hundred paintings of me, by me, made for me, and to be honest with you, I never really was into self-portraits, well, more, to be more specific, self-portraits that were kind of all over the place in style and technique, and that all started when I was in Florence, because before that, I just stuck to realism, I just did portraits, that was it, that's all I cared about, and one of the big reasons why I went to Florence was to join an academy, and I remember hearing about the academy when I was like, when I started, honestly, when I started painting, so around 16, and I remember seeing it and kind of like getting called to it a bit, like when I went to London for a month, I took these art courses there and I met someone who was at the academy and really loved the work and started looking into it. Even when I when I graduated from high school, I met someone who knew of the academy at graduation. So it was constantly like coming back and forth into my life. I know whether you want to call it like the universe was talking to you and all that noise, but it definitely seemed to be in the cards. So I worked my entire time during university and CJEP before that to build a strong enough portfolio because, you know, reading the website and all that, they only accept 30 students worldwide. And I I wanted to get in. That was the plan. So I stayed in Montreal to do all my studies. And then I finally sent in my application and I got in. I was accepted and I was really excited. I was going to move finally to Europe. You know, at that time, I felt like I didn't belong in Montreal I had a very, I had a weird relationship with my home city. Now, now I miss it. I miss it to pieces. But back then, I just wanted to get out. I wanted to leave. Uh, even in contemporary art school, like you know, university and all that, like I, I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere. And I think in my head, I had this very romanticized idea of what this school in Italy was going to be, and that I was finally going to be with quote-unquote, my people. I was going to be with individuals who adored realism, who did portraits, and I finally felt like I was going to belong to something, and that's something that I've chased for a long time. So the day finally happened. I remember getting ready to move and go there, and to go there, I gave up everything. You know, I gave up my apartment, I ended up uh, selling and giving away all my furniture and things. I put a lot of stuff in storage. It was it was a big deal. And, you know, I don't have a permanent home. I don't have a family house. I don't have a spot or, like, you know, 
lots of people tend to have you know your 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 house you grew up in that you know your parents bought that you know is always going to be there i i didn't have that and i still don't have that so for me going there was just it it felt like there was no net and i still want to go and it was rough when i got there uh in terms of like living and all that but things did sort out three months in but the main story i want to talk about is when i was at the academy how things things didn't work out you know i got there and a lot of our ideas and thoughts on creativity didn't match and me being me and questioning authority we naturally clashed we we clashed hard we clashed hard it was very dramatic i know i was behaving like a teenager and was very was incredibly frustrated. I remember used to write on my blog being pissed off about everything, giving kind of these life updates before, you know, social media was a real thing. I felt I felt like my my dream kind of caved in on itself. You know, with all the other students there who also, you know, didn't understand what I was going through, no nor did I really explain it to anyone properly because I was just so fucking frustrated. I I went there because I wanted, you know, this was my my new beginning, my new family, quote unquote. You know, I had I went there with these, you know, like these stars in my eyes of like this is going to be it. Like this is going to be the place where you're going to join a school and you're going to be appreciated for what you do finally. You know, people are finally going to, you know, see that you have talent and that, you know, you, you're you worth something. And that's something I really longed for. So going there, long story short, I ended up quitting after a while. We just didn't get along. And I tried to find some sort of balance between that before dropping out entirely. And one of those options was to rent a independent studio. Because I had, I had a couple friends there who we were kind of in the same boat. It was interesting since we all were the only ones that did university together before going there. So we rented this studio and we thought like, all right, if we maybe paint and get a lot of this shit out of our system, we can deal with the rigidness of the school. And we tried. And I could tell you that those like several hours after school turned into many hours. And then those hours took up school time to a point where just we weren't going in. And I remember hitting, like, arriving at this kind of bridge and deciding, like, what the fuck do I do? Like, I worked seven years to get here. This did not turn out any way that I thought it was going to turn out. What the fuck do I do? And I felt like a failure. I felt like I felt defeated. This was the first time in my life where I didn't want to get out of bed to go to school. I sincerely did not want to get out of bed to go to the studio to work um, at the academy, which was a very rare thing for me because as much as a pain in the ass I can be, especially even at university, I always showed up. I always showed up. I always stayed late to work. But this was the first time in my life being in an institution where I just did not want to be there. I didn't want to go in. I remember laying in bed when my alarm would go off and just stare at it. It wasn't even a question of that I was tired. It was more just like, I don't want to get up. I just don't want to fucking do this. I don't want to fucking go there. It was tough. Even in my mind, there was a part of me that was saying like, well, if you just, you know, like 
shut up, keep your head down, grit your teeth, it'll be over with. But there was something in me that, you know, I think I hit my saturation point, And that's why it made sense for me to, to leave. Now coming into the self-portraits, that's when it started. It started when I had that little studio in Italy. We had this, we were four guys and we were sharing, I, I don't even know how to describe the space. It basically was like the size of like a studio apartment, um, uh, like mixed with like a storage locker. It was really bare bones, but fuck man, were we happy in there doing what we wanted to do. And I remember having kind of like one section of it, which was almost like a hallway with a little window. Um, I have a photo of it back on Instagram somewhere, but I had this little sliver and all that was there was a chair and a mirror when I arrived. There was no easel, there was no stuff prepared. We brought our own stuff in, but that's all I had. And I remember just staring at myself in the mirror and then I decided, you know what, fuck it. I'm not going to do portraits. I'm not going to do realism because I was just so sick of it. I was like, I'm 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 here with myself. Like I'm literally in the most literal sense facing myself right now. And I'm going to paint about it and see what the fuck comes out. And that's what I did, you know. I made that first painting that was kind of uh how would I describe it? I'm not going to say unhinged, but I'm going to say in comparison to my realist work, night and day, very polarizing, very um rough very, you know, almost not getting into surrealism, you know, I'm not going to drown you in art terms, but basically something that was, it felt monstrous, you know, I had all this anger and I knew that I had to get it out somewhere, I had to do something with it, because every day waking up that like sense of guilt, anger, fear, and sadness wasn't going away, and I knew I had to do something with that, and I wanted to turn it into something creative. I knew it was going to not leave. I knew it was going to be there long term. And I had to deal with the cards that I had. So that's how the self-portraits began. And I started painting. I was doing, I think, like one or two a day. Almost. I was just on this roll of just like, whatever happens on this canvas is going to happen on this fucking canvas. It doesn't matter if it's going to be good or bad or if like you know with the intention of selling it or going to a gallery with it all that was in my mind was like I need to just fucking paint and sometimes yeah it's it helps it helps to paint but I'm also going to say right now right up top please go to therapy because I also went to therapy go to therapy don't do the whole thing of like art is my therapy it's my only thing you need like sure it's a wonderful outlet I'm with you there but actually, if you can, please get professional help. I just need to say that up top before this ends up being a whole podcast where people think I'm saying like, don't talk to a professional. Just take up a brush and, you know, move some colorful mud around with a stick. That'll fix the chemical imbalance in your brain. That just spackles over all kinds of trauma. Don't worry. Art is life. Huh. So anyways, I stayed in Italy and I remember getting my own studio after that where I kept doing this. I kept just working on self-portraits. I remember doing other little projects on the side. I started doing abstract work. But the self-portraits were really the the anchor at that point. And I was just, I guess, 
not painting myself in a way like, you know, like Dorian Gray, like being like all perfect and all that shit. But Dorian Gray in the sense where it was like this grotesque, fucking monstrous gargoyle-like paintings, you know, it, it got to a point where even one of my ex-partners was concerned. Like, she spoke to me and she said, like, I, I don't know how to feel when you come into the studio you know, when you see me and you're all happy-go-lucky and then you come into the studio and this comes out. And that was a discussion. That was a discussion that made me feel bad. It made me feel more guilt that what I was doing wasn't right or what I was doing was intimidating and pushing people away from me. And even now, thinking of it, like I, I still don't know how to feel regarding that situation, but I do know... Those portraits helped me get to a better place where I am now. It was about mental health. And it was about my mental health. And I guess with these portraits, they were very selfish for me when I started them. You know, I wasn't thinking of people on the outside of what they would think of them. I just knew I needed to paint. I wanted to try new styles too. You know, that's a time where I also began to appreciate everyone who was outside of the Renaissance and the Baroque era. And all, like, the big figurative painters you can think of. You know, I really started getting into Francis Bacon, Basquiat. I started looking at, like, George Kondo. I started looking at all these other guys who would do these, like... I guess, you know, for lack of a better term, doing these crazy shit. Shit that, like, I never would have touched in university. And these things in university that I honestly, back in the day would not admire, would not respect. And I also was that guy who would go to modern art museums and complain, being like, why is this here? This doesn't make any fucking sense. Blah, 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 blah. I could do that. Oh, I'm like, if I was five years old and I went to like, you know, the hardware store, I could paint a fucking Rothko, which is complete horse shit. It was about mental health at the end of the day. And my whole goal with this series was trying to find some form of inner peace and comfort in the darkness, you know, trying to make amends and accept the negative parts that we have of, of human emotion that exist in all of us. It's not, uh, you know, it, it's not a one-time thing for one person. We all have these emotions in us, and we feel them in all different types of ways. And I want to process it through through painting. And thank God I did have painting because I know myself. I would have just remained partying and not dealing with it. That's not to say that I didn't party and, you know, try to drink away my demons and do all sorts of drugs and all that shit to kind of sort out. There was that. There was that. But I, at least there was some form of balance and that that type of behavior and coping mechanism came to an end after all was said and done. So the series continued on, and it continued on when I arrived in Paris. And now, you know, looking back at all these portraits, I I did it when I really wasn't stable or fully had my feet on the ground, I th confidence-wise, you know? Like, sure, like, the world around me and my lifestyle was very chaotic, and, you know, I was still trying to find my footing because moving to another country... It's not the easiest thing. I think a lot of people have this idea that it's super simple to just immigrate, but it's not. There's a lot that goes into it, and it's rough. You know, it's not. Uh, 
it's not an overnight thing. There's a lot of fucking change. There's a lot of adjustment. Uh, there's there's culture shock. There's, you know, trying to make friends. Then, you know, if you have that little voice in the back of your head saying, like, did you make the right decision? And when you miss home, it's hard to say what home is because even now I, I miss home and I feel like I am at home. So I still decide, like, what exactly am I missing? Like, what am I aching for? But anyways, back... Back to the self-portraits, they continued on. You know, they continued on, and by accepting this series, I began to accept these moments where I was sad and I was upset, but it also helped me communicate better. You know, I was able to actually have healthier conversations with my friends, with my partners. I could actually, like, tell people what was going on, which was... Which was a positive, which I'm I'm thankful for, considering that, you know, this started in turbulent circumstances, but it did help me, you know, become more of who I was who I am today. And these paintings started to speak to other people, and I think that's where I kind of realized the importance of all this and even recording it now to talk about it with you. That all of us feel this way. You know, we we get these emotions, and I had people reach out to me saying that they felt, literally, like, I don't want to sound cliche, but they felt seen, you know, especially when it was a painting that was very, like, like, almost like melted faces and all that, saying, like, this is how I feel, like, you nailed it. I don't know how you nailed it, but you nailed it, and that was very touching to me, that now this series that began as something that was just so personal and just for me and only me and will only be for me could now be shared shared with others and that I think is a a beautiful thing to as an artist if you can achieve that you know I'm very lucky I say I'm successful because I managed to make one positive impact on one person that's that's the definition of success to me I did slow down on the self-portraits and I think a lot of people believe I did that because they think I'm not suffering anymore, which is, you know, there's a lot to break down with that sentence. I think, um, one, this whole idea that you have to suffer to be an artist is complete horseshit. I can tell you right now, even when I was working on portraits, self-portraits, whatever it is, the times where I've been the most, I guess, if you want to measure it on a level of productivity and just being like happy-go-lucky and putting more hours into the studio, they've always been when I've been happy and especially when I've been stable that means in terms of financially that I know I have a roof over my head and that things are going great that's the times where I fucking paint like a demon and fucking go for it like I remember one summer I cranked out fucking I think now these paintings which I still use for shows and that have sold I cranked out this solid like 10 paintings in I think like two weeks like two weeks, like solid work, not just like throwaway work or like work that I'm like not too impressed with. Like good fucking paintings, I can say that they're good. I still consider them good. They hold up. Damn, classics. Like these paintings would be on my greatest hits album if I was a musician. But anyways, back to it. You don't have to be suffering. I don't enjoy that whole fucking notion of, oh, you know, you have to be completely unwell to be painting like this and sure I've had my moments where I am unwell I've had depression I've been on and off meds but the times I paint like that or I paint I guess if you want to say dark imagery or this and that 
have actually been when I'm happy because I feel that I'm tethered to some form of stability that when I'm in a good place, I can go explore these dark parts of myself. I can sit there and, you know, honor them. And I mean honor in the sense of like you can invite them in as a guest. Like, you know, it's that whole thing of, you know, you'll have to honor the past versions of yourself. I mean in the sense where like, hey, if there's like a lot of fucking despair happening inside me today, I imagine despair is like this humanoid figure that I have to sit with and, you know, look at properly. And that's kind of the process that happens with my self-portraits when I look in the mirror. I'm looking at that embodiment of that feeling, and that feeling never hits the same way twice. Over a hundred self-portraits later, I mean, that I still get sad. I still have moments where it's tough, the days aren't easy. Um, I still struggle to this day. Uh, I have been off meds for my depression. I've been managing it. Uh, that's all not to say to people like, hey, if you need to take your meds, please take your meds. It's not your fault to have uh, any form of mental illness or a mental problem, but it is your responsibility to take care of it. I've been fine so far, but I know there have been times where I get back on it because you just feel fucking miserable. And as an artist, I can tell you, I was scared that it was going to take away my spark or that whatever, you know, that magic. But, you know, when that magic is just laying in bed and feeling guilty that you're not in the studio and then beating yourself up mentally for it, you could take that spark. You could take that. I'll take the pill and give you that spark so then I can actually, like, get up and do something with my day. Something, anything, even just shower. That's cool. That's nice. But, um... I still get, you know, my bouts of sadness. I get my bouts of, you know, comparing myself to others. And that's happened. I've worked on that quite a bit because I've gone to school with someone who's now become a really huge artist. And I'm very proud of them. And I remember when she started becoming very big and, you know, people were basically all around the world know her. I remember feeling a sense of jealousy. I remember feeling that, you know, why, why was it her time and not mine, you know, like, am I not a good painter in comparison, and then, you know, you have all these negative feelings of like, well, you know, and like, you start comparing in a very unhealthy way, like, I was comparing my work, being like, well, you can't paint a fucking fingernail the way I paint a fingernail, which is just bullshit, because at the end of the day, you know, all art's different, and that, and I don't know her story, I don't know what she went through, the same way a lot of people don't know what I have been through to get to where I'm at and, you know, things that I'm still going through and who knows what else is going to be down the line. So, you know, I had to correct that and stop comparing myself. And there are moments where, you know, it's hard to avoid, but I've learned to be proud of people that I know that make it, they've achieved their dreams. That inspires me now. Before it used to weigh me down, used to severely weigh me down and make me feel like a piece of shit. It made me feel like I was useless, but I realized, hey, everyone's story is different. Everyone. Same way my story is different from yours. Everyone has different chapters that move at different speeds. Some chapters are longer than others, but we can't, we can't skip them. We can't skip them at all. So beware of uh, social media, especially if you got you know mental things going on. Social media is not the cure for it as a painter, I can tell you right now I've even stopped uh, posting so much because it's not a way to create you know I don't want 
uh, likes and exterior, you know, exterior elements like people commenting and sharing and engaging and all that stuff to be to be a driving force to why I go and pick up the brush. You know, I'm going to paint because I'm going to paint and I'm going to paint at my own speed because that's how it is. It's my life. I'm the one that has to wake up in the morning and do it, not you. And I hope you feel the same way for your practice. It's you that has to wake up in the morning, not how many followers you got. It's you. <laughs> You're the one who has to do the work, and you do the work the way you want to do your work. With all that said, it's not uh, it's not easy being an artist, especially in the in the digital age. And I feel the effects of it. You know, I I I, I try to be honest with my posts and what I share. You know, I don't. You know, I have to remind myself also, and I think this goes for anyone working in any type of industry or career path, that when people post, they're posting, you know, their highlights. You know, they're posting all the wins. They don't post the losses. Fuck, if I posted the losses, I I would be posting, I think, like two, three times a day. From, you know, rejection letters from galleries, uh, collectors bailing at the last minute, to some people who all of a sudden when they don't agree on a price of a painting, they all of a sudden become an expert and start talking down to me and then will slowly come back later being like, okay, well, I don't want to pay your bullshit price, but what if I give you like 200 bucks for that big portrait? Like, for fuck's sake. For fuck's sake. But it's not easy. It's not easy and it takes a mental, it takes a toll on your mental health. And I think what I want to say here with this podcast is to to find a way to preserve that. Maybe it's through self-portraits. I mean, they're easy to do. I know I'm always with myself. I have to be with myself all the time. And plus, being a painter is a very... It's a lonely job. It's lonely. You know, you're on your own a lot in silence in the studio. I think that's why I listen to so many of my friends' podcasts. And I'm very grateful for that because it feels like I have company. And I get to kind of catch up and hear what you guys are doing. And I really appreciate you for it because it just makes the day feel a bit easier in that sense. I hope you know that you don't have to have gone through trauma or some sort of very bad event for you to be a good artist. I mean, if you're someone who can paint and, you know, you're probably listening to me being like, well, what the fuck? is going on in his life, I guess I'm envious of you. I want you to keep creating. You know, you don't, you know, having pain does not, does not equate talent. And I'm not going to say that joke like, you can't spell painting without pain. You know, I'm very envious of all of you, you know, that can, that can paint. That can paint without having issue. And I hope you keep that up. And I hope it stays that way, where you can keep painting. And you keep going. That life doesn't get in in your way. That your own mind doesn't get in the way. That's happened with me plenty of times. Good old imposter syndrome will just fucking come in there and just ruin that fucking party. But hey, you know, we, we, we try. And I think that's the important thing to do is to try. You know, to just try to get through that day. And know that once you do get through that day, that even though we don't know what tomorrow is going to be like, It will not be the day you just had. It won't. Might be worse, might be less, but it will not be the day you just had. And that's something that's helped me get through a lot of those very dreary, very dark days 
that I've had in the studio. Now, will I ever go back to doing self-portraits? Well, I'm trying to do one now, honestly, and I don't want to force it. You know, I don't want to force it. I think I'm more comfortable, you know, in my own skin and with my emotions when these moments arise where, like, I don't feel the necessity to grab a brush and just fucking, you know, tackle it down and just get a piece of wood out and just go for it. I think now I've come to terms with who's coming to visit me when it comes to my emotions, you know. I also know better now not to, you know, use something like alcohol, drugs, or even sex to distract myself from these emotions. I think if it really gets bad, I know I can talk to someone about it. And if I really want to, yeah, I can go paint about it. But now I find myself with what I paint, especially with the erotics and portraits, I find myself more moving away from being with myself to wanting to be with others, you know. That, for me, uh, is what makes me happy when I paint. Is that, it, I, I guess, kind of looking at looking at it from like an admirer's perspective. And I know that kind of sounds weird because it sounds like I'm just kind of like the guy standing outside of like a friend group just smiling, being like, wow, guys are really awesome. But like, kind of is. You know, that's what makes me happy. You know, that when I paint, you know, erotic art and stuff like that. That there's just, you know, a kind moment that's happened, especially with portraiture. You know, I feel that, for me, helps mentally because it, 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 it acts as a sense of stability for me because I have this one piece that I'm working on for months and months, even like a year or so. Like Karen, I've been working on that for like over a year, easy. And, you know, having her in the studio, and it's weird because it, it's a painting, but I refer to her as her. She's, you know, it's a painting off of a real person. She's a real person that I've had, you know, very much the honor to meet and be friends with. But it, it it's kind of like the self-portraits where you have something to put those emotions. Because with the self-portraits, I had somewhere to put all these negative emotions. And now with the erotics and with portraits, I have somewhere to put all that love. I have somewhere to put all that admiration and stuff inside me that I don't know how to say with words into something and to show that to whether it be just that person in particular or to someone else to show like, hey, you're you're loved. You're loved so much. Not only are you loved, but you're fucking incredibly beautiful and also really fucking tough to paint. All right. You know, shit. But hey. I, I like it that way. I like having having a challenge. But uh, there's a lot of mental uh, when it comes to painting. And it's weird talking about this out loud now. And I feel like I'm kind of like zigzagging around with my thoughts. But um, both when it comes to good and bad, there's always a spot to put it in in your art. There's always a way to do something with it, even if you want to, you know, for example, like I've had some self-portraits that have been repainted over because I didn't want anyone to see them. And that's OK. That's your decision. You do that. If you want to do that, you do what makes you feel comfortable. Like kind of Goya. Goya did the black paintings in his house when he was like he was like really losing his mind. Like He was mentally not OK. And I think he instructed his son to destroy everything. But 
he did it, and that's why we have them. These very wild paintings, which are also very beautiful and poetic at the same time. And it's it's tough. It's very tough, I think, for society to shake that notion of mental illness and trauma equating to being a good painter. Because I wish, you know, I, I wish I didn't go through all the shit that I went through. I, I, I wish that I had some... I don't want to say sanity, but something that was something not not pristine, but you know something that still remained a bit more pure, you know, in essence. Something you know, I don't know if I would want to call it saying to be naive, but something that was allowed to grow and be a little bit more free. You know, it didn't have to like stumble a bit while it ran. Before it got at speed, you know, it could just take off. It would have been nice. But, you know, maybe in an alternate timeline. And maybe now I'm not making any sense telling you that. So, we're going to switch to another subject. It is going to be sad uh, when Karen's done. Not because I have to give up the painting or the painting's going somewhere. It's going to be in my studio, at least for a while. But it's just, it feels like a goodbye and I know that makes me sad. But then I have another painting to do, which is exciting too. You know, it's these hellos and goodbyes that happen with portraiture. And, yeah, it feels a bit like a yo-yo mentally, but also it's just basically what happens in life at the end of the day. And I don't know where I'm going to go with this conversation, but I'm probably going to end things here with this little rant and I know what's interesting is that after I've spent like you know a good 30 minutes talking on my own here I realize yeah this is a different type of episode but also a different kind of show because I'm not in front of someone having to say this I know I would be a lot more entertaining a lot more like through my little jazz hands and my little charm but uh, like I said I think these this show is a bit like a bit like a diary for me to just kind of say it, and we'll probably come back to it. You know, we'll come back to this subject at uh, some point, but at least I got to say something about it now in this little short episode. I, I don't know how long it's going to be. I'm looking at the clock right now, but um, we'll definitely circle back to it. And also, brief reminder, Van Gogh did go get help. Stop using him as an example in the poster boy for all this shit of like, oh, he was fucking not well, and look at the beautiful sunflowers he made. He knew he wasn't well, and he checked himself in with a doctor and got the help that he needed, and he then went on to paint the most beautiful things that we know him for. So don't, uh, don't, don't, don't try to, you know, glorify mental illness in that way that, oh, we, we shouldn't treat someone or someone should have to suffer to make something beautiful, which is, you know... We gotta get over that hump. We really gotta fucking break that shit down. So, that's my episode for you guys here today. I hope you enjoy it. I will be back, uh, not next week, every two weeks. It's bi-weekly. Bi-weekly podcast with another episode. Hopefully with a guest. Hopefully the technical issues will be sorted. So, lots of love to you all out there. I hope this episode may be... Maybe it resonated with you. Maybe got you thinking about things. But to my creatives out there, be be gentle with yourselves. Don't be afraid, you know, to dig deep and let, you know, 
as cliche as it sounds, like, you know, dig deep and let those demons run around a little bit. That's what I do. You know, I give them recess. You know, I got to let them run around because they're there. We all have these emotions. You know, it's balance. We have it. There's no fucking toxic positivity here. We don't like that shit. We're honest with ourselves, and that's what matters, being honest and authentic. So, lots of love to you. Make sure to give the show a follow if you haven't. Five-star review. And give me a follow on Instagram on World Up Podcast. And if you have any questions about anything, shoot me a message. Podcast at gmail.com. I love you guys a lot. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.